Hi everybody, this is Bridget Nielsen. This is Jesse Ventura. Hi, this is Luther Ricknow. Hi, this is Dee Wallace, and you're listening to Cinema Geekly. You're listening to Cinema Geekly. You're listening to Cinema Geekly. <laughs> you're listening to Cinema Geekly. Keep listening, baby. Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 180, brought to you by Adam Tickets, cinemageekly.com slash Adam Tickets, or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. It's Anthony Lewis and Glenn Beauvais back talking uh, more movie news, trailers, reviews, all that good stuff. The last episode, Glenn, of 2018, and uh, it's a couple of medium-sized trailers that dropped in between uh, the last episode and this one. but And we've seen some movies, but I also really want to talk about the Golden Globe nominees, only because they're just fascinating to me this year. So where do, you, do you want to start? Do you want to get the trailers out of the way, or do you want to talk about these Golden Globe nominations real quick? Dealer's choice. Okay, so you know what? I... Let's do the trailers real quick, because I have surprisingly less to say about the trailers than I do the... Which surprises me, because they released an Avengers trailer. But I have stunningly less to say about the trailers than I do about the the Golden Globe nominations. And largely only because they, they are really puzzling to me. Uh, but we'll, we'll discuss it. So... Uh, Let's just do the three, because we just watched uh, the Lego movie, the newest Lego movie trailer, which literally popped up just before we started recording. I guess let's talk about that one first, because that's freshest in both of our minds. I think we both agree that we like it better than the the first one they gave us. But the only thing I could think, Glenn, watching the second trailer is I think I would... I mean, I really like that first Lego movie. And as I will discuss later, uh, I've been burned and everyone's been burned by trailers that make the movie not look so great. And then it turns out to be really good. Like, say, Ralph Breaks the Internet, uh, which the trailers for that movie I was not impressed by. In fact, it made me kind of worried for that movie. And it turned out to be a really, really good movie. So... Maybe the second Lego movie will be really good, too. But the only thing I got out of this trailer was, I would like a sequel to Lego Batman, please. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I got out of this, because he seemed to have all the best moments and lines in in the trailer. I don't know. What about you? Uh, did anything else stick out? Because otherwise, I'm, I'm not really that excited for yeah, the new movie. Yeah, I'm not super... I mean, I'm more excited because I feel like it's probably going to be good. Mm-hmm. But what they're showing me is kind of like, oh, this doesn't 
just doesn't feel appetizing. I don't like the fact that Chris Pratt is playing like his alter ego movie self. Yes. Uh, it which, just, it's which, a bit on the nose. Which is something I did not know until it popped up in this trailer. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Chris Pratt doing the voice of the other guy. And it's like, oh, he's got like trained velociraptors. And it's like, is he just playing like all his other characters? Like he's Star-Lord. He's Star-Lord Owen Jurassic World guy. Maybe if they, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, that that all could be fine, I guess. I don't really, like I said, in the, the trailer, like nothing really, uh, I don't know. And maybe this is a case of like the first movie was enough. You didn't need to do a second one. But yeah, we, that's kind of what it feels like is the first movie had a good message. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't expect live action stuff to pop up and that's it. Whereas this one, it just kind of feels like product placement. Yeah. Like just Ooh, different types man, of Lego. Man, again, but, wreck the Wreck-It Ralph trailer felt like that too, but... I was. I, did, but I couldn't I was, have been was, more wrong about that movie in my brain. Yeah. Like when I when I watched it, but uh, and and we'll get to that when I get a chance to talk about it a little later. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm still gonna watch this. It's on my list for next year, but I'm just not I'm just not excited for it. it just feels like it's kind of yeah. there. I don't yeah, know. but you're right. They need to make another Lego Batman because. Mm-hmm. It seems like the uh, best superhero movies that have come out the last couple of years have been animated, which, again, I will talk about later. Yes. Uh, there's a second trailer for Captain Marvel, and, I mean, I'm no more excited uh, to see this than I was with the first one. I've, I'm pretty sure it's going to be good, and I'm pretty excited to see it, but it... I don't know, nothing Nothing about it f- felt, you know, like this is must-see for me. Like, I, I have like to be there. I feel like I've already seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Just on the, the way the visuals are, um, just kind of seems like how the story is. It just, it seems all too familiar. Yeah, I mean, and this could be a failing of having so many Marvel movies that... And so many origin stories too. I mean, that's it's not. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're gonna. Kind of the... Maybe they're gonna go about it a different way. Uh, yeah. You know, part of me has a feeling that this isn't going to be an but origin. How many different ways can they go at this point? I mean, right. For me, this well, doesn't. I mean, of the movies, how many origins are there? You know. And oh, it's a just... ton. I mean, that's. I just don't know how many different ways they can go about it. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that I think that maybe they're going to try to do something a little weird in that we're not going to get a an origin story for Captain Marvel, like the alter ego superhero thingy. I'm Maybe we're going to get like an origin for Carol Danvers, the human, because she, I mean, in the trailers, it's obvious that she doesn't remember living on Earth and being a human. Um, so maybe we get her origin story as like a, just a person, like a human being, like she's always the superhero. Um, and they don't go into great detail about that. And instead they kind of give like the origin of her becoming a a person again, which 
would be interesting if they did that. I don't know if that's what they're doing. I feel like there's some hints that maybe that's what the origin is. I know they've talked, I think it was maybe Kevin Feige or maybe it was somebody else who had said, uh, somebody from Marvel had said that they're doing a different origin story, but you know, they've said that before and they all kind of feel the, the, the only one that really worked out well for them was Spider-Man homecoming in which they didn't do the origin story. Like he was just Spider-Man and they just like, okay, yeah. everybody knows uh, the Spider-Man origin. But everybody else, they've pretty much done the origin story. I mean, they've tried to they've tried to switch it up a little bit, but you're right. For the most part, this it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like I don't know. It doesn't feel like Boomers is disagreeing with me already. It doesn't feel like I've watched the movie already, but it does feel like I'm gonna like know what's happening before it happens. Like, you know, the beats. Yeah, that's what it sort of feels like. This is Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Hopefully it hopefully it surprises me a little bit. Uh, I, I, I mean, f- we'll talk about him later, but man, how pretty is Jude Law? Right? <laughs> we got to see him a little bit uh, no, in the no. trailer. <laughs> uh, outside of that, uh, Glenn, was there anything else? I, like, I know there's they, they do this tease with a cat at the end, and the cat is going to end up being, like, not a cat. I know that. Um, yeah. the cat's like some space beast or something like that, but, or it's, you know, a witch that's been mm-hmm. turned into a cat for trying to take over the world. And that's its punishment. Oh, there's like, oh, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's like some, there's a bunch of different theories out there that she's not really Captain Marvel. She's really a scroll the whole time. Like she's a sleeper agent or something like that. Uh, and you know doesn't know that it's She's like a man cheering candidate yeah but you know that means that it's not really a, a human character that the humans watching the movie can latch on to and relate to so i can't imagine they're actually going to do that but i mean there's been talk that like nick fury gets replaced with a scroll or something like that um there there could be some interesting things that happen but it's weird that he's not so hard nosed Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's going to be more of a, a Nick Fury story. Yeah, I mean, it could be very much like he. They note, uh, I think the notes on this say that he is, you know, like a desk guy at this point. Like, this is his first like out in the field assignment or something. Oh, like a like a Jack Ryan thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I still have high hopes. I'm pretty sure it's going to be good, but I'm also wary that you know it it does feel like it's teetering on the i feel like i've maybe seen this already uh which you know i i hope i hope there's a little bit of surprise in there i don't know um the other they dropped a an avengers trailer end game i don't know why they kept the secret for so long people said it's going to be called end game like i don't know a month after infinity war was done and they're like, nah, we're not going to tell you what it is. You're going to have to just wait and see. And they didn't reveal it until the... They didn't actually name the film or reveal the name of the film until they put the trailer out. And it was the name that every most everybody had guessed. Uh, so I don't know why they bothered waiting. Uh, they could have, you know, raised hype levels months ago by putting out the like a title card poster or something. But they didn't. Uh so that was kind of like a letdown. I'm like, well, it can't possibly be called Endgame because 
they're waiting so long to reveal it, and everybody has already guessed Endgame, so, oh, it's Endgame. Uh, was kind of uh, the the process there. I mean, I liked the, the... I liked it in the sense that it was a very true-to-form teaser trailer that does not show you very much of anything at all. Uh, which is crazy, because it's, I don't know, Glenn, like, what, two and a half minutes? Yeah. It's rare that you see two and a half minute teaser that in fact just teases you and doesn't really show you anything. I think the most this thing shows you is uh Jeremy Renner as not Hawkeye, he's whatever he is, Ronan, I guess, his his new superhero character. Uh you see him and uh you see a bunch of Avengers looking sad. There actually is I really like the uh It'll be interesting to see how much of that Tony Stark speech at the beginning is something that's actually cut into the movie. This is also like a thing you have to think about with Marvel trailers now, is how much of this is put in here for the trailer. Like, how many of those pictures that they were looking at of people missing or dead or actually missing or dead, or are those even the real pictures that are in the movie? Is it somebody else's picture they're looking at? That sort of thing. Uh, But yeah, uh. I like the the Tony recording a, a message to Pepper because they're the I'm presuming it's him and uh, oh god I'm forgetting her name already Nebula, Nebula uh, in the Milano and it's run out of gas or whatever it is and they're going to run out of food and oxygen and they're going to die so he's recording a message to Pepper in case somebody ever finds it and somehow gets it to her uh, I like that I thought that was really nice uh there wasn't a whole lot else to it. I mean, I know there's some stuff from the comics, like the, the Thanos armor scarecrow is something in the comics. And yeah, you know, there's a couple of other things that uh, Scott Lang gets to be funny, uh, at the, uh, the end of the trailer. Uh, I think a lot of people have already sort of guessed this whole time travel thing. Um, it's something they set up in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. If you go into the quantum realm, in that security camera footage, he's got his van with the quantum realm thingy in the in the back of it, and I'm pretty yeah. sure people have already seen those like leaked images from the cast where it appears that they're all in their garb from the first Avengers movie, and I'm sure it is no secret that, or not a secret, but not a coincidence either, that the bulk of the like the still alive characters are all the original Avengers minus like. Rocket Raccoon, uh, and like uh, Nebula and stuff like that. But minus minus those characters, like of the Avengers, the original Avengers lineup is all still alive. That sort of thing. Uh, I was let like I thought for sure when this trailer was going to drop, I was going to be my my brain was going to be pounding like it just I was full of excitement because I love Infinity War so much. But this was such a tease. That it just it didn't feel like eh, it's like I'll just wait for the full trailer to drop at some point, and maybe that will get me more excited. But I watched that and I'm like, oh, that was okay, and then I moved on. It was not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I don't know. How'd you feel about yeah. it? Yeah, I just uh, it wasn't as eventful as the first teaser for Infinity War. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I still watch that trailer like all the time. I think it's excellent even though the last shot is completely fabricated and does not yeah, appear in yeah. the movie. It's still an yeah. excellent trailer, yes. 
So for this one, it, it just, uh, yeah, don't, don't really tease you anything. It's just, oh, well, you know, as good as the message that Tony Stark makes, you kind of just figured that's where it was going to lead to anyways. You know, you don't, you're not seeing anything that really like, grabs you for the next installment. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, man, with all the grieving they're doing, I'm glad Chris Evans had a moment to shave. Shave, yeah. Gotta I guess lose. he went, like, cried in the shower. He decided to be clean shaven. Mm-hmm. Too many tears got stuck in those whiskers. Just... That was the only thing. It really threw me for a loop that he was clean shaven. Like that was kind of weird. Like, like unless he's like, I'm going to become Captain America again. You no, know, the world. Oh, needs... maybe, maybe, right? But it's just that's just an odd, odd like, thing to be when you're like still grieving and crying. Like he goes back to Avengers headquarters afterwards and finds that like Tony kept his shield and like repaired yeah. it or something. And then decides he's going to, you know, become Captain America again, you know, for Tony. Because as far as they know, he's dead or missing or something, right? Because uh, they don't know yeah. what happened to him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I know I'm excited for the movie. Uh, but the, this trailer in particular did not raise my excitement level. It maintained, it it maintains the level it was at before this trailer came out, which is high, but it didn't really add anything to it. And so I would say in that regard, it was eh, kind of a letdown of a trailer. Like it was there. Uh, I I was excited that it reminded me it was still coming, but that was about it. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for, for something, something a little more on the, uh, you know, I, I know they can't do too much without giving away plot, but I am, looking forward to something more on the scale of the first trailer for Infinity War. So, I don't know. We'll see if we get that. Uh, Golden Globe nominations. So, we normally don't talk a lot about the awards or award season, but... uh, And, usually when we do, it's usually after they've happened, right? And we talk about uh, maybe some of the winners, or if a particular movie gets, you know, doesn't even get nominated, that sort of thing. And I don't know if this year, Glenn, because uh, I think we've said in the past that the Golden Globes are often an indicator of what we'll see at the Academy Awards, right? Or at least it has been in the past. As far as, like, movies that get nominated or win go, like, they're not always in line, but they're kind of close. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of... Uh... Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of like a if you win, you know, it's probably a good idea that maybe you'll have something. You'll have a good chance, up. yeah. So, as we know, the Golden Globes always separates these things into best motion picture, drama, and then musical or comedy, which is funny because oftentimes they do not include in musical or comedy. They oftentimes put movies in there that are not musicals or comedies, uh, or at least not specifically. Uh, you know, maybe they feel like if your movie has a joke in it, uh, we can count it as a comedy due to their. This year, it's movie. even weirder. Yeah. Um, so, which our can... two movies that involve music, not in the musical or comedy, they're in drama. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about let's talk about that. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start musical or comedy, or do you want to start with drama? 
Uh, yeah, we can start with drama. Just to me, it like the only reason I would talk about musical or comedy is the fact that Bohemian Rhapsody and A Star Is Born are in dramas and not musical or comedy. And they're both exclusive. And they're not musicals, but they're more of a musical than. Uh, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is in here. Bohemian Rhapsody is exclusively about a band, and it's full of their music. Yeah. Uh, it definitely feels like more of a musical than... Yeah, it's it's definitely more musical than others. Maybe not Mary Poppins, but... Uh, well, anyway, yeah, Let's so let's start there. Because I'm perplexed by this in a lot of ways. Normally when there's a lot of motion, you know, best motion picture or best drama films, I feel like, you know, like this is where the award shows are out of the loop for me, or I'm out of their loop. Something like they list a lot of stuff that I have never heard of or haven't watched, or maybe if I have heard of it, you know, I haven't watched it or I have no intention to watch or something like that. But this year, at least for the Golden Globes, there's five nominees. I've watched four of them. I've I've not heard of if Beale Street could talk. It's a uh, it's going to it's a Netflix movie. It just hasn't come out on Netflix yet. That's fascinating. OK, well, yeah, that's really fascinating. Uh, it's by Barry Jenkins. He's the guy okay. who did Moonlight. Ah, yes. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Otherwise nominated is A Star is Born. Uh, Black Klansman, which I'm happy to see that get a nomination. Yeah, it kind of felt like that was going to be the forgotten movie. Yeah, and I'll be honest. I'm, I'm stunned Bohemian Rhapsody was nominated. I know how much <laughs> I love that movie, but I just figured... I love that movie because I'm an irrational fan of Queen and I was way too close to the subject matter and I was just going to love the movie a lot, kind of no matter what. So I was actually really stunned that it was nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama. I mean, aside from the fact that it could have easily been placed in the musical category. But that that stunned me. I'll be honest, here's the thing that's actually more stunning to me, that Black Panther is nominated, and I'll tell you why. I'm not surprised. I'll, I'll tell you why I'm a little stunned that it's nominated. Because uh, we've kind of had these, like, talks before where we're sort of joking about the silliness of the awards. Like, there will be a movie that wins, uh, like an actor will win Best Actor for it. And then a support a, a a female actor will win like best supporting actress for it, and the director will win best director, and the movie will also win best screenplay, but it doesn't win best picture. Like we've had that joke before. Like how can it win all these other awards, but it's not the best movie, but it has the best director, the best screenplay, and the best actor and the best supporting actress. How is it not the best movie? That seems strange. Black Panther being nominated for a Golden Globe Best Picture here is the reverse. As best as I can tell, it's not nominated for anything else. Ryan Coogler is not nominated for Best Director. Uh, none of the actors or actresses are nominated for individual awards. It's not nominated for Best Screenplay. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, like Rami, Rami Malek, is nominated for Best Actor in a Motion Picture. Uh, all of these other movies... Uh, well, that's kind of like Get Out. Was, I mean... Um, like Mando it, down, Daniel was uh, was uh, for best actor, mm -hmm. and then you know they have best screenplay, but you know it wasn't the. 
I mean, it no, just you, feels. You see a war. You didn't see a bunch of nominations. It wasn't like you know, like Shape of Water had like eleven or something last year. Like it right. wasn't one right. of those movies. Um, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. This is how I feel about it. I really like Black Panther. It's going to probably be in my. It's almost certainly going to easily make it into my top ten when we do the top ten, uh, bottom five show or whatever it is. Uh, it's going to make it into my list easily. But uh, that being said, I don't think it's going to be close to the top of my list. I think it'll be somewhere in the middle. And I know that there's plenty of people who think it's way better than I do, and that's fine. But to me, when I see this movie being nominated for Best Motion Picture, but they're not nominating anything else from it, to me, this feels like the people in charge of nominating these movies for Golden Globes, they're just tossing it in there because they're scared that if they don't have enough of these type movies, they'll get a Golden Globes so white hashtag or something. Uh, it doesn't feel like they earnestly believe this is one of the best movies of the year. This feels like we need to put this movie in here because people will be really mad if we don't. But to signify that, to me, it feels like a signifier that that's how they feel because nobody else got nominated for anything else they did in this movie. Uh, I don't know. To me, it just feels like that's where they're coming from. Like we're just putting it in there because it'll shut some people up on the interwebs. Yeah. And I don't really think that's why you should ever do anything. Well, I, think... I, I would, I think you can make the argument, uh, for that uh, on a couple of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you actually look at, you know, we'll even, I mean, talking about the musical or in comedy. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these haven't come out yet, but I think it's fair to say that Mary Poppins returns to make a decent amount of money. Mm-hmm. I think, it'll uh, do I think good. vice for what it is, is probably going to make, you know, that good 50 to a hundred million, you know, dollar kind of number, kind of like, you know, his last movie, big short, like, I think it'll do those kind of numbers, which, you know, I wouldn't say are box office sleepers by any means. Yeah. Uh, if you look at this list, besides like Black Klansman, if Bill Street could talk, which is, you know, again, like I said, it's going to be more of a Netflix thing, mm-hmm. um, and the favorite, almost all of these movies made a good chunk of change. Now, some of them are big hits like Crazy Rich Asians, yep. A Star is Born, Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther. You know, like some of these movies made serious money. Yep. And, you know, last year we kind of talked about where it was. They didn't nominate anything anyone had watched, you know, besides like Get Out, which, you know, by that time, Get Out had been out for almost an entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could just be one of those deals of them trying to feel like they're, like you're saying, they put Black Panther in there to be like, see, we're open minded. Yeah, we can put something in here. Yeah. But they only put it in there, you know, I would, you know, not to slander too much against them, but they probably put it in there for, very superficial reason reasons mm-hmm. to make them like you were saying the hashtag white which they wouldn't really have to because if Bill Street could talk has two African American leads black Klansmen I don't think I really need to explain right uh, <laughs> I mean crazy rich Asians again I mean the green book you know is Bohemian about, Bohemian Rhapsody as uh, Rami Malik yeah about a you know a bisexual man mm-hmm. uh so it's not like they it's, don't it's have... Not, it's not for lack of inclusivity, yeah, or diversity. Yeah. Um, uh, they have plenty of that. I don't even I don't say that, you know, even if you go down the list, it, it doesn't... 
just even indifferent. Now, television's different. Seems yes. like if you're a good TV show, you're probably going to get more than just one nomination. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing that's really... You don't see the same movies over and over again. Yeah. Now, once the Oscars go through, you know, the, you know we'll kind of see how the narrative changes. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for both of us, I can't believe First Man's not on there. I, I, was... I, can, I can get why it's not on there, but man, I just thought it was an excellent movie. Yeah, I was actually really surprised that Bohemian Rhapsody... I mean, that's what I... Like, when I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, it's like, I'm stunned it wasn't First Man. Now, I like Bohemian Rhapsody more than I liked First Man, but I know, like, when these people are putting these lists together, like, you know, First Man is going to get nominated for Best Picture. I'm almost positive of it. Ryan Gosling will probably be nominated for Best Actor, but he's not. Uh, In fact, I think... First Man has only got one Claire nomination, Foy. and that's Claire Foy for Best Supporting. Yep. So yeah, I was so. I was stunned. I thought for sure it would it would get more, um, it would get more play than that. But yeah, it didn't. I, so yeah, I was just perplexed uh, by the the nominees this year. I'm I'm wondering if they're just trying to be more. If this is that that whole the Oscars mentality of the best popular movie thing, right? Like, I wonder if they're just trying to appeal more because these are movies that have a little bit more mainstream appeal or awareness to them, uh, by and large. I have to I have to wonder if that's what some of the motivation is. And, uh, and you're correct, by the way, I think, uh, on my... I think it's more likely with, as it relates to black Panther, that they're just doing it. So people aren't mad at them. Uh, I don't think. Cause black no, Panther, none of the... to me is a movie that people who don't watch all these superhero movies, for some reason, that seems to be the one everyone clings to. Yeah. And how it's the one like, Oh, this is the one that breaks the mold. You know, it's like, they're trying to turn in me personally. I feel like they're trying to turn it into something that it's not. I'm not saying it isn't good and there aren't different things about the movie. Yeah. I think it's really good. Almost comes across as a little condescending. Yeah. I think it's, Um, I think it's actually a really good movie and a really good comic book movie, but it's also not that different from most comic book movies. Like to me, it didn't break any molds. Uh, Comic book movies have had really compelling villains before. I mean, it broke the mold in the sense that we have a comic book movie with a black superhero and a cast that is also vastly uh, African-American as well, talking about a culture that's not American culture. Like, in that regard, yes, mold's broken. But in terms of, like, a superhero... Yeah, it's a structural superhero movie. This is much like many superhero movies. It's not that groundbreaking in that regard I don't know if the movie should be handed awards just because they broke the mold in terms of you know you know give us some awards we are we are finally being as diverse as we probably should have been from the beginning uh, it's a, still a really good movie in my book Infinity War was a better movie uh, and I feel like they had a much tougher job uh, as well to be honest but at least from a technical yeah. movie making standpoint uh, eh. I mean, I, I feel I like surprised I th- Michael B. Jordan wasn't nominated, but no, because he was excellent. Know. I agree. I think he should get a nomination. I mean, again, that's my whole. I'm not saying this movie doesn't deserve these nominations. I'm saying if you look at 
everything else that Black Panther didn't get nominated for, it was only nominated in this one category, that rings false to me from the Golden Globes, that they don't really think that this was one of the best movies of the year, but they know that a lot of people think uh, that it is one of the best movies of the year, and to avoid oh. backlash, they're putting it in here. Yeah, which... oh, let me... Oh, I know that name. Uh, what, I hope Black Panther can win it. You know, it's, yeah, like you're... Yes. Giving false hope to the fanboys. Yes. Uh, you know, now, honestly, if people were able to see what I'm seeing, and, you know, again, maybe maybe that's not what it is. I'm just saying this is what it looks like to me. And if a lot of other people saw that, then they would be just as outraged because it feels like they're being appeased in this way. Like, we don't really think it's that good, but to shut you up, here it is. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to toss you, we're going to throw you a bone. Uh for me, if I was putting this together and I thought Black Panther was one of the best pictures of the year, I would have nominated Ryan Coogler. I would have nominated, at the very least, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, but there are other really good performances in that film as well. Uh, I don't know if Golden Globe does a lot of technical awards. I think maybe the Oscar. They, yeah, they, it, it, yeah, they don't do... They're kind of like glorified Screen Actors Guild. Like, you know, where Screen yeah. Actors just all about the acting and whatnot. Yeah, so I would imagine um, when the Oscars come around, when Black Panther gets nominated there, and it most certainly will, it'll probably have uh, several technical awards it's nominated for as well. Yeah, and I don't think it should probably win any of them, because, uh, you know, we talked about when the movie came out, there, I thought there mm -hmm. was some really bad CGI in it. Yeah. Did you ever get to see Isle of Dogs? Because there's the animated category as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, I loved it. So th there's Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, uh, Mirari, I don't know how to pronounce that. I've, and I've not heard of it either until just now. I'm guessing a foreign animated film? Uh, yeah, it's, Ralph, uh, Ralph I think it's the, one of... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it's... Uh, it's like, oh, it's an anime. What's that guy's name? Mirai? Oh, Mirai? No, it's uh, the studio, like Sue Ghibli. I think it's one of those movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Japanimation, anime, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. They're going to make a lot of weebs mad saying that. Will I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, weebs aren't people. <laughs> Ralph Breaks the Internet and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So those all sound, with the exception of the Studio Ghibli, maybe, movie that I've not seen and probably won't see. That's a pretty good list of animated features. Yeah, it's pretty good movies. I mean, uh, I mean, up until I probably would have picked out all the dogs cause it's not a, it's not a kid's movie. No, uh, it just, you know, it's animation. Yeah. Uh, so I really liked all dogs, but I mean, if Spider-Man into the spider verse doesn't win, I, well, I don't know what we're doing anymore. Okay. So let's talk about it. Let's, this is the part where we get to the movies that we've watched. Uh, so you, you see... It was a good natural segue on, on our part. Yes, as we are known for. So you've seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I have not yet, but uh, what did you think of it? I'm, I'm curious to hear your more general thoughts. Like, I've heard... Uh, we talked a little bit about it off-air, but um, give, give me some more. What do you think about this? Uh, it's... I don't know where it's going to settle in the top 10, mm -hmm. but it's definitely going to be somewhere in the top five. Um, That's pretty impressive. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a damn good movie. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those, 
It's just one of those Mad Max movies, man. Just everything works. Everything's going. It fires on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something about when you're watching, it just feels different. You know, yeah. Kind of like when I talk about Mandy, where it just feels like someone is making this intentionally. This is their intention. And, you know, sometimes for better or worse, you'll kind of take it. But for this, it was just better in every way. So, Mm -hmm. um, the music's great. Uh, all of the performances, voice acting wise, are phenomenal. I mean, all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, his dad is really good. Uh, his mom, which was uh, Lieutenant slash Captain Lagorda from Dexter. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I forget her name. Uh, yeah, I know who you're you talking know, about, though. Shamik Moore, the one who plays Miles Morales as the lead. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's a. It's a good origin story. It's done differently. It's not your typical origin story. And I know they've kind of played a little loose, a little bit with Miles's origin story in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's just good. The animation, it's just, it, it really feels like something I've never seen before. Um, you know, so you know, kind of like you know, you've seen it parodied or talked about so many times. And yeah. this is a little bit of a hyperbole, but kind of like when people saw Star Wars for the first time, they're just like, "Oh my god!" I, I've ne- there's never been anything like this visually, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's kind of how it felt like. I've just never seen a movie like this, you know. And all your different Spider People, they all have their own unique animation style mm-hmm. to them. So you know, it, it's a little the frame rate and that kind of stuff's a little hard to get used to at first. Uh, I usually never see anything in 3D. I strongly encourage everyone to see this in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're going to see it. And even if you don't like superhero movies, I mean, it's just a good movie. Like, uh, you know, we've been talking about Black Panther and stuff, and I think a lot of what the cultural things that were put on Black Panther, um, you know, some are appropriate, and I think some aren't, uh, or even fair to the movie. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like in this one, anything you would have said... Uh, culturally about Black Panther, I definitely think you should say about this movie. Because I think a lot of the things that we would say about superhero movies or your big budget movies, uh, you know, the way that leads are done, you know, you hardly ever have someone of person of color as a lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one does that. It also is a superhero movie. Again, something we've complained about. Um even within the characters, it's it really feels like New York City. You know, it takes place in Brooklyn, but it really just feels like the city. I mean, the moment that they start playing Biggie Smalls, it's like you just <laughs> you just kind of get it. Like it yeah. just everything settles in, uh, and even you know his growth as a character. I mean, he really they do an excellent job of making him this this uncomfortable kind of nerdy teen kid. You know, yep. the things we always said about Peter Parker, but the thing is, like Peter Parker was nerdy but he was always handsome he always had the super hot girlfriend yeah so it was always kind of like tongue-in-cheek or people's criticisms of uh whatever movie it is that patrick dempsey plays like a nerd oh yeah in the 80s movie and it's kind of like yeah but it's still patrick dempsey like he's still hot well i mean andrew garfield andrew garfield in the amazing spider-man movies where he's just like a a catalog model yeah 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 uh so it's just a lot of the things that I we think and what we associate with Peter Parker, especially in in the movies and television, really apply in this movie to what they do with Miles Morales. It's 
you know, he's very insecure. He has this enormous growth to him. Yeah. Uh, and even, you know, seeing, a, you know, kind of the older Peter Parker, who I would say, you know, from the other universe, I would say is the Peter Parker that we kind of know. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's older. He's had all his failures, you know, like from the comics, you know, he's, he's divorced. He's kind of out of shape. He doesn't know where he's going. He's just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. But his heart's not in it. You know, there's a lot of just good character stuff with uh, not a lot of people in the movie. You know, even like Kingpin, someone we've, we've loved in Daredevil because you get to see this villain, you know, kind of uh, built up and dissected in a way. And, yep. you know, even though if he's pure evil, you kind of get where he's coming from. And they do little things like that in this movie as well for some of your villains. They're, I mean, Kingpin's definitely a bad guy, but mm-hmm. you, you know, again, you stand his motivations mm-hmm. and if circumstances are different he wasn't who he is you know right he may be able to handle handle it differently but it's just a it's just a damn good movie the it's really engaging it's just gorgeous the story is great you know probably i think the best origin movie like superhero wise like all of them that's you know, pretty, I think we that's would say like Batman statement. Begins is probably yeah. the best. I mean, it's I think by far it's been the best origin movie because I don't think Lego Batman was really an origin movie. No, I mean, there's been uh, like a it, lot of good ones. The first Iron Man was really good. Um, yeah, I mean, Iron Man was good. Um, Iron I think Man Redux, aka Ant Man. Ant Man was good, uh, yes, because it borrowed from the same formula. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think but you're right about just, Batman Begins probably being the best one, but. Yeah, it's usually kind of the one people bring up. It's probably the best. And, and, you know, again, he has vulnerabilities in that movie, and that's kind of the thing is you really feel for this guy's vulnerabilities. It's not like he's... It's not like uh, Steve Rogers, who's just this small little man, and he becomes big, and it's like, oh, see, he's big and tough now. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever he gets his spider powers, you know, they, they it's like they try and stray away from the montage of him learning. They definitely yeah. joke about him trying to do it, but he doesn't know how to do it. He doesn't know how to control it. You know, yeah. he's so insecure of who and what he is that it just really, he feels like an angsty teen who gets powers. It's, it's a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so what would you and give it? Very dark, very brutal, a very brutal movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what would you give it? Five. Wow. <laughs> I have only, okay. So that's a high bar because I've only got, one... I think the only other five I've given is Mandy. So I mean, yeah. I've only got one. Tells you. I only have one other. F- I only have one five. So I'll be curious to see where it lands on my radar. Um, so you you also saw Crimes of Grindelwald, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so let me talk Speaking about the pretty Jubla. Let me talk about the other two movies that I saw that weren't the Crimes of Grindelwald. So we can talk about that one together. Um, so I saw Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck it, Ralph two or whatever. Uh, it's called, I know some people were like, why isn't it called Ralph wrecks the internet? Cause I know it's wreck it Ralph, but he really does break the internet in this movie. It kind of lives up to the title as well. I mean, break and wreck, whatever, who cares? Cause well, they say it in the trailer, but not the movie because break right, the internet the, is a thing. Yeah. That's a phrase. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, and that was part of the marketing as well. And the trailers, which, I thought, it's like, oh boy, they should have just left it at Wreck-It, just plain old Wreck-It Ralph. That movie was really good, and they should have just left it at that. But then I watched this thing, Glenn, and I think this is a far superior movie to the first one. I really like it a lot. And 
to me, I really enjoy the, uh, uh, that they don't tell you what the movie is until about halfway through. Like you've kind of got the general idea of what you presume the movie is going to be a, a part of, uh, Vanellope's candy crush racing game breaks and they have to go into the internet to find a piece. Cause it's an old arcade game. They've got to go, even though it looks like a brand new arcade game that came out last year. Uh, I've never seen old arcade games that look like that, but okay. Uh, apparently it's an old arcade machine. Uh, they have to go into the internet, like onto eBay to find a, a replacement part. And the movie, I, I, I just, I love this because this movie about halfway through reveals to you that this isn't, despite it being called Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, that this movie isn't really about him. It's about yeah. Vanellope, and the whole movie plays up into this. It's her game that's missing the piece, but it's Ralph who's doing all of the shit to find the wheel, and then he accidentally bids too high on the the wheel, and then he's got to find a way to make enough money on the internet by doing like viral videos or whatever to get the the piece and he does get the money and buys the piece and like that should be the end of the movie but during the course of Vanellope not doing anything like what you think is supposed to be the main plot of the movie she sort of discovers this um, street racing game like a PC game or something and she like falls in love with it it's not what she's programmed to be a part of but it feels like home to her and she wants to, like, you know, go there and stay there and be a part of it. But it's not what Ralph and her have always talked about doing. Like, she has different hopes and dreams. And Ralph, like a lot of people, especially kids, because this movie talks a lot to kids about this as well. But especially kids, this rings true, too. They just don't really understand the concept well that it's okay for your friends to like something that you don't like. That doesn't mean they don't have to be your friend anymore, but Ralph is kind of selfish and greedy about this. He's scared that if she goes off and does this thing that, you know, this is like her, his best friend. He'll never see her again. They'll never hang out again. And he's terrified. So he, and he does some pretty shitty things to kind of sort of force her to you know, not stay there. And as a result, he literally breaks the internet in an attempt, uh, to do this. And the whole rest of the movie rests on him literally confronting himself and his feelings about this and having to finally admit that it's okay to have a friend that doesn't love everything that you love. And that's like, that's okay. I just thought I was not expecting the movie to go in that direction or to go that deep into like one of those kids can get it, but adults can really get it too type situations. Yeah. You know, it's okay if you're conservative and have liberal friends and vice versa. Yeah. It, just because you have some differences doesn't mean you have to be enemies or that you can't be friends anymore. This works on so many levels and I thought it was just fantastic. I was really taken aback by how much I loved this movie. Uh, it was super it's good. It's great when you realize the movie doesn't have a villain. Yeah, there's no... his. I mean, the villain in this movie is Ralph's emotions. His 
selfishness, yeah. essentially. His, um, you know, it's his desires that lead him down a dark path, but that's it. Uh, and you would think, watching the trailers, that this is just product placement after product placement after product placement, but it's really not. It's, uh, there's it, some it of it. It makes sense of what they're doing. Yeah, like, like there's a little eBay, bit of it, but it makes sense if he's mm-hmm. gonna go to the internet to bid on something. Yeah, probably gonna go to eBay. Well, I mean, also, I'm glad that they had an e boy. That was the best part. Yeah, that that was funny. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Sure, because... Champ, <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome. You want to uh, make money playing video games? Oh, man, oh the pop up was... ads. Yeah, that was all great. <laughs> it was like a scam. Uh, uh, I, so I didn't tell you about him because I wanted you, but his, uh, Doug, or I'm sorry, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> he just yells, and this little blob pops blob up. Things, yes, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh! When he is it, when he hands him the envelope, and his arm just keeps growing. stretching. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's the oh man. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, but but look, the eBay thing makes perfect sense because it's an old arcade game that breaks apart. Like, where are you going to find a part for that on the internet? You'll find it yeah. on eBay. Like, that's where you'll find a yeah. part for an old video game machine. Uh, I mean, that all made sense. They had, most of the rest of them were just kind of jokes about things. Obviously, they did the Disney thing, because this is a Disney movie. Yeah. Um, the Disney princesses stuff was all tremendous. Especially the bit that they do at the end where they all come and team up and use like their Disney princess abilities or and or powers or whatever it is to like or help the out Batman thing. The, yeah, to like help out Vanellope at the end. Uh I can see why after people watch that they're like, We need an animated Disney princess movie team up thing like right now. And they should, because that was that was awesome. The joke they did about uh Merida like she can't, like nobody can understand her, and they're like, "Oh, she's from a different studio." Ah, oh, that was so funny. I that was all great. I even thoroughly loved the joke of C three PO coming in to be like, "Oh, princesses," because that's half of his lines in Star yeah. Wars. Uh, is you know, like something something princess? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was all excellent. Uh, it looks like that Fox deal's going through because. The reason why they were able to use that is the uh, the Batman TV show is owned by Fox. That's right. Yeah, that's why they were able to do it. But yeah, this with was the Disney logo with oh, the, the Batman yeah the transition. Yep, that was great. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, that was so. I mean, in terms of like, there's plenty of like references and things to chuckle at. There's some good jokes in there. Slaughter race. And the fact that Alan Menken wrote a Disney song. To oh my god! Right? Oh, that was all beautiful too. Like you know, you just the princesses are like, you just need to you know have your moment where you sing your song. They're like, have you tried looking in a in a mirror or in the water? Like that often helps if <laughs> you look yourself. in a reflection of yourself, <laughs> and the song will just come to you. And uh, every time they show Pocahontas, her hair is flowing. Just yes. Every, single time it was per all of that stuff was perfect i i loved it all of that stuff was great too i i love this movie i gave it four and a half i thought it was excellent yeah um, it, it's a it's a good movie uh, again it's it's got a good man i loved i really loved that there wasn't a villain i'm so 
it was so refreshing for a Disney movie to do something like that. I mean, I guess Inside Out. It's kind of like the last thing I could really think of where there wasn't like a real antagonist. Yeah. The antagonist is, you know, essentially your protagonist. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I watched Robin Hood. Okay. The I thought this was a Guy Ritchie movie, but I guess he didn't direct it. Oh, really? I thought it was too. Yeah, I guess maybe he's producing it or something. He did not direct this movie. Maybe he was originally supposed to direct it, and then he passed it off onto some other portion. I don't know what's real anymore. Because um, yeah, go look it up. But I'm pretty sure he did not direct this movie. I think somebody I mean, else. Yeah, you're right. He might just be a uh, like producer. It totally seems like a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, it looks like a Guy Ritchie movie. So oh, he didn't. Yeah, you're right. He didn't direct it. But what did he? Did he write it? No, but he wrote Aladdin. That's kind of scary. Is he involved in this movie at all? No, he's. Not. I could have swore. <laughs> I swear. Dude, this is the oh, Baron. No. This is no. This, this is the Baron. This is the yeah. This is the Berenstein Bears. Berenstein Bears thing. No. I was positive this is a Guy Ritchie movie. It's not? Oh, man. I'm in a different timeline. In any oh, way? Okay. Well, here's where the great... Yeah, he has nothing to do with it. Here's where the great debate stands for me, Glenn. In relation to my bottom five of the year. This is where my great debate is at now. <laughs> what movie should be worse? The movie that was from beginning to end the worst movie I watched... Or the movie that was so bad I didn't finish watching it. Because Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom was easily for me the worst movie I saw from start to finish. But I didn't finish Robin Hood. I couldn't finish it. So I watched the trailers for this and here I was expecting I was I was expecting dumb fun. Right. And I think this movie Mm -hmm. is full of dumb fun. um, If I could pay attention to it long enough. This was confounding to me. It felt like so much was happening. There was so much going on that how could I not pay attention to it? But I think at some point it just sort of felt like one of those latter Michael Bay Transformers movies where there is a ton of stuff going on, but it's so background noise-ish that it's like I just start looking at my phone or you know just not paying attention to it. And... I had like that feeling. I had feelings about an hour into this that I know I haven't seen this movie before, but I feel like I've already watched it a hundred times. Uh, watching the trailers, I was expecting dumb fun. I was expecting like this weird take on Robin Hood. And like at the beginning, they do this really cheesy uh, narrator who's like, forget the history, forget everything you know about this story they essentially tell the same Robin Hood story. It's weird. Like they, it's set in Robin Hood times. Isn't he also the king? Robin Hood? Yeah, in this movie. Isn't he like also the king of the land? Like at the beginning? No, he's like the Lord of Loxley Manor or whatever. Like a lot of the same stuff happens. He, um, although in this, in this tale, he meets Marion early before he's ever Robin Hood and they're living together. And then he gets drafted by the sheriff to go fight in the crusades. And while he's off fighting in the crusades, um, he, he meets that guy who's played by chef in, uh, South park, or at least in the version, the Robin Hood men in tights version, 
Uh, do, you, do you recall this where he like breaks him out like he's a slave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaks yeah. him out. Yeah, he meets that guy, but it's Jamie Foxx in this movie. Uh, and like they're going to kill him, but he's like, no, he mutinies against his officers or whatever. And they he sets him free. And when he gets back home, he finds out that two years ago he was declared dead by the sheriff and he seized his lands and all that stuff. And that's when he becomes Robin Hood. And, you know, it's the Robin Hood story. It's just that they've got, like, machine gun crossbows, and it's way more action-oriented, and they try to modernize the tale in dialogue and in action, but set it in a non-modern time, like the actual Robin Hood time, like the traditional time of the story. So it just feels weird and disjointed, but it's also incredibly boring, and... So does it work like how how A Knight's Tale works, where it's... No, and it old timey, but they play queen. Yes, uh, and it just feels like uh, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't help that I've seen so many Robin Hood movies that as soon as I realized this wasn't going to be that different from all of the other ones, there's definitely a part of my brain that started tuning out. But yeah, this was just I couldn't even pay attention to it. I was so bored by it. Maybe it's not nearly as bad technically, uh, story wise, as Jurassic World was. But I was just bored to tears watching Robin Hood, and I gave it a one. I couldn't even finish watching it. Just bored to tears. So so when he comes back, they all just think he's dead. Because it looks like the way the trailer's structured that he's Loxley, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, we're going to kill this Robin Hood guy, and he's just Robin Hood. Yeah. The trailer made it look like he was Robin from himself. <laughs> I was just like, why the come? Why can't he just give the money away? That's why I asked if he was the king because they they make it look like in the trailer. Watch those trailers. It to me, I swear, it sounds like he's robbing from himself to give to the needy. And I'm kind of like, well, if you're that rich and powerful, why couldn't you just give them the money? Yeah, that's not, yeah. So that's not what happens. I don't think. But uh-huh. I couldn't tell you how the movie ends, of course, because like I said, I. I didn't finish it. How far did you make it? I made it about uh, an hour or so in. So oh, okay. I, I missed about the last half of the movie. Hmm. Um, critics seem I to agree, I just can't believe though. it's not a Guy Ritchie movie, because I really thought it was. I mean, Glenn, it has a crossbow that fires arrows like a machine gun. I was positive this was a Guy Ritchie movie. And it looked like they had jump cuts, like really, uh, yeah. and quick there's cuts a, too. There's a training montage for when he becomes Robin Hood. Like, I, this just felt like the Sherlock Holmes movie, but nowhere near as fun, maybe because it didn't have Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. And we're going to talk because it didn't have Guy Ritchie doing it. Or maybe because it didn't have Guy. Is somebody <laughs> trying to do a Guy Ritchie movie without it being Guy Ritchie? Uh, yeah. Well, I, uh, huh. I, I'm really flabbergasted. I. <laughs> Speaking of Jude uh, Law, Fantastic Beast, yeah. The Crimes of Grindelwald. It's just, can we just title this episode Jude Law? Yeah. Uh, Dumble Jude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, this I is the... I kind of want to watch this movie now, because... Uh, oh, Robin Hood? Just to see, yeah. like, to understand it? Yeah, to just... I'm sure it'll be on Netflix in a month. Oh, yeah. Give it some time. It'll be there. Uh, so, yeah, this is the sequel, obviously, to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. It almost feels like... With the exception of the fact that that movie at the end introduced Grindelwald and that it also introduced a couple of the characters uh, that we know, it's almost, I mean, even in that regard, that it introduced Grindelwald, 
this kind of feels like its own first movie. Like, it doesn't feel like there's much tie at all to the first Fantastic Beast movie. In so much as that, I don't think you need to see it in order to get anything that occurs within this. Like, it doesn't, they don't feel all that connected. In fact, I think it's even, like, been a year or two years since that movie or something. It's two years. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have, because here's what I would have told you happened in the first movie. mm Mm-hmm. This normal dude fell in love with a witch. Yep. And uh, had to have his memory erased. But, you know, then he kind of realizes, you know, they give him magical muffins or whatever. And he realizes who she is and they fall back in love. Yeah. Uh, You know, that gets axed pretty immediately. uh, Well. Because Queenie just goes actual. I mean, she just goes crazy. Uh, Yes. And by the way, they do. The spirit guy exploded. This magical being exploded and became pixie dust. Yeah. You know, he's also not dead. No. (laughs) They also, I mean, I think they hinted at the end of the last movie that there was still, he wasn't gone or whatever, but uh, and I do think they explain away the the nomad guy keeping his memories. I think they said in this movie that it only erased the bad memories, so like all the horrible sh- shit that was happening. Yeah, yeah. But because he experienced good memories with his friends that he made, that he retained, he managed to retain those memories. Um, yeah. And well, they gave him like a magical thing to, like he kind of got his memory mm-hmm. rejiggered a little bit too. So she shows up at his pastry shop and like he eats something or he does something happens to him where he's able to remember. Yeah. Because they have like this shot of his pastry shop and all of the pastries are like shaped like things that happen, like creatures he encountered and things like that. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. I feel like, uh, well first I'll preface with, uh, by saying that I liked fantastic beasts and where to find them, but it, they're not as good as I would say any of the Harry Potter movies. So they're like a step below those. Uh, But because I really like the Harry Potter universe and because I like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, it had a lot of goodwill that passed over into this movie. So I I would say I liked this one about as much as I liked uh, the the last one. But boy, did they try to cram in a lot of stuff into this movie. They tried to... They're trying to set up things, Glenn. And... uh, there's so much stuff going on and a lot. I can, I can imagine it would not be too hard for some people to get lost watching this, trying to figure out what's happening, who's who, what's what, and what is going on. Um, I didn't have as hard a time following it. Like I had a general, I'm pretty sure I know what's happening, but I can see why there are people who are just like, you know, so much happened, but it felt like not much happened. It was one of those movie going going. Yeah, like a lot of stuff happens, but like you could have. My my thing is, I just felt the movie felt really bloated. Yeah, because there's a lot of you know, you said a lot of stuff happens, but you could have got rid of almost every single Mm storyline, and you would have had the same end result. Like, uh, I didn't need Queenie getting lost and not being able to find them when they were like a one street corner away from one another in a back alleyway. Oh yeah, the bulk of this. Yeah, the bulk of this movie, the big, the largest chunk of this movie, is the group is split from the first movie, and the biggest chunk of this movie is just them coming back together, and it's not really much more than that. Uh, A couple of things happen, 
here and there, but it's mostly just where is the, you know, where's Queenie? Where's, um, oh my God, I forgot the other woman's name already. Um, but where is she at? Like, we need to go yes, meet up. I have no idea what her sister's name is. She's an aura. That's all I know. Yeah, we, we got to uh, go meet up. Like, we meet Newt's brother. And she's mad at Newt because she thinks Newt's engaged to Zoe Kravitz. Lita, Lita Lestrange, yes. Yeah. Um, and... Instead, she's marrying his, his brother. And um, apparently even Miss Prince happened the the magical world as well. which is weird because in the first movie they kind of teased that she he still has a soft spot for her yes so like even that plot line like there's just so many just plot lines just dropped yeah we uh, uh i mean i'm not saying that they should have had her you know this weird love triangle thing like i'm not saying they should have done something like that but it is just really weird to me that they would even hint at that and they did absolutely nothing with it yeah I mean, they could have just said they were really good friends because it never, to me, really felt like they loved each other or even that she really loved him. It's just she yeah. really appreciated that he, you know, didn't think of her as a monster and always gave goodwill towards her. Like, it yeah. never felt like it was very romantic. It was just admiration. Kind of like what they do with uh, Dumbledore mm-hmm. and how he kind of feels for her and how he likes Newt. There's, just, there's admiration there, mm-hmm. and it's just weird that you would do that, and then, oh, well, you know, we got to keep these two falling in love with each other, so yeah. I we'll mean, do this stuff. They introduced some Harry Potter clues, like, char- you know, like, deep-cut character thingies into this that feel like they're only really in here to be fan service so they have, like, Nicola Flamel who is referenced by name in the first Harry Potter movie because he is the creator of the Sorcerer's Stone. Um, yeah. And he appears in this movie, but doesn't really do a whole lot. Like, he's there, and he it's not like he doesn't do anything, but it feels like you could have removed him from this movie and it would make no difference. And Voldemort Snape... Yeah, someone else would have said... I mean, Newt could have just been like, oh, it's all user magic together, control this fire dragon. Yeah. Uh... Uh, and Voldemort Snake is in this movie is a not bad person. Um, the internet tells me because I, I'll be honest with you, Glenn, uh, and I'll take their word for it as well. I had no reason to believe these people are lying or in particular, but it's just because I don't often like to do deep dives into reading about, um, just how many things from the past are racist, but apparently her character is considered racist. She is a woman of color who has a blood curse to be turned into a snake. So I guess it's the whole blood curse thing mixed with a woman who becomes an evil snake uh, has uh, people upset, which, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about any of that. Uh, I just think it's just extra added, unneeded characterization stuff. Like Voldemort Snake Nagini, we don't have to be like, you know what? It used to be a person who had a curse to eventually turn into a snake and, like, they're stuck like that uh, forever. Isn't that sad? Oh, that's an old-ass snake, too. It's really old. Uh, and it's like, I, I I guess? Again, this feels like a character that didn't necessarily need to be in the movie. But she's hanging out with Credence. Um, the Obscural. The, the, the fake Flash, as I like to call him. Uh, he's a uh, still alive and he's trying to find out who his real parents are 
it's believed that he is the lost Lestrange child. But spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, it is revealed that he is somehow the long-lost Dumbledore brother, which actually does not make any sense. Uh, oh, I thought he was. I thought that was just a trick. Maybe it is a trick that uh, Grindelwald thought, is to tricking. To me, I just thought of as like it doesn't matter who he is; he's just magical, and yeah, uh, Grindelwald's going to turn this against Dumbledore. Yeah, it could be revealed that he is bullshitting him because it doesn't make any sense timeline wise. I mean, I just I assumed he was bullshitting him just to get him to do it, to do his bidding. Because Grindelwald... So how'd and, you like Johnny Depp in this movie? Um, I thought he was okay. Yeah, he wasn't super... You know, he felt I understated mean, well, for Johnny Depp. Yeah. He wasn't yeah, I, I over think the top. The, he was way more charismatic as Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah. I think it should have still been Colin Farrell. Yeah, I mean, it should be controversy aside of real-life stuff. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have just kept Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell was easily the best part of the first Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah, I thought he was Because he was actually scary. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have colored contacts in. No. Uh, you know, Johnny Depp was fine in this. Yeah, um, it wasn't bad. It was just, there There wasn't really a performance in this movie where I was like, man, they were great. I mean, I guess Zoe Kravitz to a certain extent. Just she was good. Um, I thought she was going to be a bad guy, and then she wasn't. But I don't know how much is like... I mean, her, she's a Lestrange, right? Was. Yeah. I, so I just figured she'd be bad because the only other Lestrange I know is um, uh, Hel- Helena Bottom Carter's uh, yeah. character from the Harry Potter films, and she's Beatrix. Beatrix, like yes. Although I'm told, I'm told she married into the Lestrange family, and yes. she's actually a black, like serious black. Um, so maybe it's maybe the evilness is kind of on that side of the family. Uh, so. I I actually thought Jude Law was was pretty okay in this movie as well. The thing that's really weird to me is, is somebody else pointed this out on Twitter and it made me laugh quite a bit. Like they're like, "Look, I think Jude Law is is fine as Dumbledore in this movie, but the real story I want to know is when he went from like three-piece suit to like long flowing hair yeah. and like glitter robes. Like when did he go from being James Bond to becoming like Elton John, like when did that happen? And like, why, why this transition? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what happened. Um, I, yeah, like I I thought he was fine. I wouldn't say Elton John. I would say like Liberace, man. He's got capes and Oh yes. Yeah. Way more Liberace than Elton John. You're right. And you know, a little bit more feminine, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we're going to pick a flamboyant piano player. Yeah. Way more Liberace. Uh, Yeah. Elton John is very flamboyant as well, but his is really more in the glasses and the boots. Yeah. You're right, Liberat. He's it's way a, more liberal. It's a different kind of flashy. Yeah. Uh, you were correct, sir, talking about the <laughs> handsomeness of Jude Law in this film. Uh, <laughs> he looked good in that suit. He's a good-looking dude. Uh, he has a big... I mean, cr- there's a reason why he's got a lot of kids. Yeah, he's got a big crush on Grindelwald. Um, and I think that's how it's played, I believe. That's the other thing that I didn't like is... He looks so much younger than Johnny Depp does. Oh, Johnny Depp looks a hundred million years old. Yeah. That was the other thing I wish they would have kept Colin Farrell. Because in real life, they're about the same age. Yes. But man, Johnny Depp got old fast. Yeah, the road has owned Johnny Depp. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's uh, it, that would be the only thing is, 
you know, whenever Colin Farrell, you know, lose, you know, whenever he's not playing chubby roles, mm-hmm. you know, Colin Farrell is still pretty hot. So I just yeah. felt like that would have been. It's a good looking dude. I mean, it's already deviant art, I'm sure, somewhere. Oh, so yeah, why absolutely. Not, why not just just fulfill um, our fantasies? Yeah, so I think I think the story they're telling here, because a lot of people are like, how come they're not going to explore Dumbledore and Grindelwald as a couple? And it's like, I don't think it was ever explicitly described as them having a relationship in that manner. Like, I know it was described that, like, Dumbledore was maybe in love with Grindelwald, but that doesn't mean the feelings have to be mutual. Like, they could have been friends. He could have been in love with Grindelwald, but was never able to tell him or knew that maybe Grindelwald isn't, he's not homosexual, so maybe... Uh, he wouldn't be interested. He was could never tell him how he truly felt. Either way, they have a deep, long-lasting friendship, or a friendship that goes back very far. Uh, clearly, by the point in this movie, um, that friendship has deteriorated because Dumbledore has no problem with, like, you need to get Grindelwald and he needs to be captured and he needs to be put away. Um, but they have a blood oath that prevents them from attacking, uh, like a magic oath thingy that... Uh, prevents them from attacking or hurting each other uh, which is why Dumbledore can never go after him and which is why Grindelwald needs somebody powerful enough to be able to stop Dumbledore and you're right that might be why he tells Credence that he's really a Dumbledore like he's been forgotten and left by his family maybe this will make him mad enough to go you know and clearly by the end of the movie because he destroys like half a mountain or something Credence does mm-hmm. um, that you know he's like he's got his pawn uh, or whatever it is, and and probably perhaps that's where, yeah, perhaps that is how where it is going. But uh, any other thoughts on this? I I thought it looked good, and uh, they definitely got a few pushes of the nostalgia button for me. They went to Hogwarts. They played the theme song, which got. I was just mostly bored. I yeah. really yeah. I I didn't I didn't hate it, but. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't really entertained. I guess because they they did so much, and I felt like. I didn't have to like listen a whole lot and I was yeah. kind of in my own world, like piecing things together and like, Oh, this is kind of, you know, it's one of those things. The movie's not super entertaining. You kind of build your own narrative mm-hmm. and start asking questions. It felt like you, you walked know, like, really far, but then you realized you were on a treadmill and you didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like had they not have done anything, the result would have been the same at the end of this movie. Quite possibly. Yes. Because everything goes awry uh, uh, Grindelwald is like building his support, uh, and he uses like World War II imagery and stuff to, yeah, um, like future imagery as well. Like this, like because this stuff takes place. See, after they the tease movie. what the what the next set of movies should really be. Oh, like something that takes place like in the midst of World War Two. Ah, just the damn muggles going to war with magic. Like, that's the kind of like, ah, yes, yeah, that's right. You guys got magic or magic? We've got freaking nuclear warheads. We got nukes. We're gonna blow you away. <laughs> like I always kind of joked about, like uh, you know, with all these people, like they're kind of powerless if they don't have their wands. It's like, man, if I was somebody, like if I was a wizard or whatever, mm-hmm. like I don't know, there's no reason not carry a gun on you. Like, uh, right. if you drop your wand, you're F. But, man, I, okay, shit, I dropped my wand. Let me just pull out this, you know, revolver six-shooter. Right. And, you know, it might not do anything, but, man, I'd rather have some kind of backup since you can only be tied to one wand and the wand chooses you, BS. Apparently, in but, the uh, lore, there are wizards, like, there are ranks of, of power, like wizards and witches who can 
cast spells with their wand without even needing to say the spell. And then yeah, like par- the kid who does the coffee thing in the movie, and they're like, he's actually the most powerful being because there's only like three wizards who can actually do that. Yeah, and, and I would recorded in history. Right, and I would presume that there's probably like one or two wizards ever who are able to cast magic without a wand. But yeah. for the most part, I would imagine you're right. It seems like they need the wand in order to produce the magical effects or whatever. So, uh, I don't know. So what would you give Crimes of Grindelwald, Glenn? Uh, like a two and a half. Okay. So, like I said, I have more goodwill with this movie than you did. So I, it's a whole point higher for me. I gave this the same score I gave Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which was a three and a half. Uh, yeah, I thought this was, this was fine. Uh, it won't make my top ten movies, but... It had great fan service, like you kind of mentioned. Yeah, there was some good fan service moments. I don't care if he becomes the next Minion, because I find him way more entertaining than the Minion. Is that little bastard that steals gold, like... Oh, the the Niffler or whatever it is. Yeah, Niffler yeah. platypus thing. I'm fairly certain, just because I have a hedgehog, the voices that they use, the sounds, or hedgehog sounds. I'm yeah. I'm almost 100% certain. It's really adorable. Uh, yeah, I mean, he stole... I mean, as soon as you showed him, and they, like, whenever they had the little... his little silver trinket, I was like, that little thing's gonna steal that some point in time in this movie. Yes, and it does. <laughs> and so whenever he got out of the briefcase, I'm like, yep, yeah, he's gonna steal that. And <laughs> he did. He did. Um, okay, so... Uh, that is the show. Uh, obviously... Uh, with the holidays coming up, we're not gonna be around again until after the new year but we've already got content to talk about because we've got our, our our best and worst of list to, to start compiling so uh, in the meantime head on over to cinemageekly.com check out the archives of the show and of course you can find us on Apple Podcasts Google Play Stitcher tune in just search for Cinema Geekly and hit subscribe and that way you can hear uh, hear us come back Next time, talking about our best of 2018, our top 10 movies of the year, uh, our bottom five, if there are five. I know there will be five for me. I don't know about you, Glenn, but I will definitely have enough movies to fill out my bottom five. Uh, the only real question is which will be my worst, Robin Hood or Jurassic World? It's going to be a tough call. It really will be a tough call. But... <laughs> um, uh, until then, for Glenn Beauvais, I'm Anthony Lewis, and uh, we'll see you next year. We'll see you in 2019 with another Cinema Geekly podcast. <laughs> <laughs>